0: Hello, and welcome back to the Bummer Radio Games Cast. As always, I'm your host, Ryan, and today I'm joined by my lovely cohort of co-hosts, Brett. Hello. Alex. Hi.
1: <laughs>
0: Poor Alex <laughs> <laughs> and Wyatt. Hello. <laughs> you clipped your mic out <laughs> by going too high, I think. Very funny. Um it's episode number one nineteen. We're going to, we're gonna talk about the things that games do that people don't like but aren't actually bad, as Brett has so eloquently put the title of this episode <laughs> Weird, it's great but before we do that the games industry has to answer for their sins uh <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's right oh, we're already, many sins. we we are judge jury and executioner when it comes to this.
1: <laughs> i love how the new section of our of our podcast episodes have become just the thing that we detest so much and we kind of do it <laughs> out of spite or something at this point,
3: <laughs> I, I feel I feel like, yeah, for for a while it was like it was almost sad because there were just so many bad things that happened Look, one after when another. When you'll notice
0: we stopped doing news segments for like a month at a time occasionally, it's generally because it has hit the point where we just, we just don't want to talk about it. It's, yeah, but I, I feel like now it's just like we're so <laughs> above it where we just make
3: fun at this point. Like it's really, it's almost oh, like desensitized. Yeah. It's just kind of horrible.
1: Yeah. And, <laughs> and good. sometimes and sometimes like we don't even want to talk about it just because like what else do we have to add to a situation yeah, yeah. we, we don't know? have anything like, what else do we have to say? good
0: to say about it there's not a lot we'll talk about but there's a few things that happened this week uh and in, in the past couple weeks since we haven't done news the last few times that it's some some small things actually mostly pretty good news i would say or at least like whelming news not like no comment well, than, than usual <laughs> aside from prepared one to be whelmed. <laughs> Look, it's, well, it's, well, well. it's been not the worst month for games news. Uh, we've got a lot of release dates that are fun that are coming up. That, that's a, it's a fun time to be in. Cause the summer games draw is not happening this year because uh, a lot of delayed things are kind of pushed into this. So we've got Xenoblade 3. We've got a bunch of other indie games, Live Alive's coming out, at least for JRPG fans. And Brett, that brings me to the first thing I want to talk about. You and I were kind of iffy on Valkyrie Elysium when yes, it was first shown off. Not I think that, everybody was yeah because it it didn't look that developed i think is the Polished. right word yeah they just showed another trailer and it looked really fun
3: <laughs> it's real good looking <laughs> it look really good looking which they is crazy
0: i have pulled a 180 i think on what this game looked like it went from that first trailer i was like oh is this game just like really early in development no it's like done <laughs>
3: yeah yes. it's i it must have been it must have been you know what must have been footage from january i think is yeah probably what happened there Footage from oh, January. No. i believe it's but coming it, out it, in
0: is it like september or october or october and then even. i f- october for ps4 and
3: five october for ps4 and ps5 i think and then november Ooh. for steam yes which is how i'm probably gonna end up getting it i'm gonna wait uh, Cause I was I was gonna wait anyway because like especially with that early trailer you know it's like ah oh, you know I love me some Valkyrie profile mm-hmm. but like this just looks like ARPG like yeah twenty ninth of September
0: Valkyrie. realism on consoles PC it arrives on November eleventh so yes two days after God of War <laughs> yeah which you know that's We're gonna all...
3: die horribly but I don't care because I'm getting <laughs> one of those <laughs> yep um and. Uh, But yeah, but before I was like, you know, I wanted to be excited, but it was like a situation where like, yeah, I'm gonna wait and see definitely because it just doesn't really look like Valkyrie profile very much. It just looks like action RPG with the Valkyrie in it. But now like they've they've completely won me back.
0: Ain't her yards been gonna... mentioned by name.
3: Yes, there's a party that you fight with, and you summon them, and she she does Niebelung Velesti and it sounds great. Everybody's weirdly British this time. They don't have the Pokemon cast, unfortunately, but that's fine. Yeah. Um. But it looks, you know, I have I have faith again. Maybe this will. My favorite part of this is I think it's worth pointing out. Uh, their uh pre-orders for uh the deluxe edition will get you a modern port of the last modern port of Valkyrie profile one which is a very good game uh nice nice and hd pixels for your ps4 ps5 and apparently it's going to be bought uh, able to be bought separately after the fact which means that they're not digging the same hole uh ace combat uh, release combat 5. 5 did yes you could get ace combat 5 for modern systems only if you pre-ordered a certain edition of ace combat seven and there is no other way to play that game on modern systems so only the people Mm. who got the more expensive version way back when can play it now unless you have a psd huge shame very big Mm. shame because that game is awesome but thank god they're not making the same mistake I, i don't know this is this is this feels good all around until the game comes out and is somehow bad anyway, but I don't want to think about Aww. that right
0: now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I gotta say I this. This has convinced me that Square is still like committed to funding these. I don't want to like call them low budget games because I don't think they are like super low budget, but double A level JRPGs. I mm. think would probably be the, the right term of this in the Dio Field Chronicles. Uh, I think Diofield is also shaping up really well. I was iffy on that game, and then the newest trailer was really good. <laughs> And really sold me on the combat. It looks like this cool real-time pause system transferred from like a classic CRPG into an RTS. And I think that's really cool. So, yeah, I'm excited about both these games. Uh, there's also Harvestella. I don't know I if like One word here. or two words? Harvestella, that's one word. It's the season of death comes and like ruins all your plant life. And then your, your neighbors get real angry that the season of death is there. So you got to figure out why the season of death exists and stop it. Huh. Like a, it's a fun little farming game where you just have to, you know, gotta go contend with the forces of gotta death. Gotta go nature. kill death.
1: <laughs> of
0: course. Very square. We have to kill. We,
2: we have to you kill know, chaos.
1: Here, here's the thing. Here, here's the problem with all these games, though, is that they're all single-player games, which is clearly a oh huge God. problem. <laughs> what I, <Yeah>. a segue. this is clearly a problem. Uh, <laughs> if you ask our our entertainment gods, electronic yep. gods. So let's, shall we, shall we, shall we? What better
0: time than now? We'll end on positive notes if we do this now. Yes. (laughs) Right.
1: (laughs) I I wanted to throw in this fun little jab because uh, it's just, it's just too much fun. So uh, EA being the geniuses that they are.
3: uh, Marketing geniuses.
1: Marketing geniuses.
2: They're truly in touch with the people. Sent
1: out this little tweet saying there are 10 but they only like playing single player games, which coming from EA is both hilarious. We, we
0: just complimented on the last episode two single player EA games, yes,
1: <laughs> <laughs> which we laughed
0: about
3: this because but we knew that uh that you had something to say, why so we didn't talk about it very much.
1: It's it's so funny because it's it's infuriating and hilarious because EA of all people are the ones talking about this because, like you said. We had some very good things to say about some EA like single player games last episode. And it's like their single player games like the the rare ones that we get every now and then are the only ones that are getting any amount of positive attention when it comes to EA right now. So Mm -hmm. this is ridiculous and, and it infuriates me to no end. But what if I told you that they released this tweet and were expecting this kind of reaction? In fact, they wanted this kind of reaction, not just from us, not just from us, but from their own developers.
2: Oh, what?
1: apparently I I
2: can understand that for publicity, but why in-house?
1: Apparently there was there was this tiny little leak from uh, an unnamed EA dev that said that they were workshopping this tweet around before they sent it out. And they were they were on like, I think they used Slack or something. And they're like talking to all their you know department heads and stuff, and they're like, we're gonna release this tweet. Let's workshop some fun roasts to this tweet. That Uh... Vince Zampella, I want you to tweet this out when in this reaction out when we when we do this tweet. I I want all these people to like intentionally dunk on us so that it will turn into positive publicity for our upcoming single player games. You
0: know, behind (laughs) This logic is insane to me. I do think yeah, it's, it's like really
2: Twitter funny. Ha- I, I hate that Twitter has become a game. If this oh is my true, God. This,
0: is, this is what Metal Gear Solid Two was made for. That, that
3: <laughs> the game just predicted this exact thing. Yeah, has I, become a martyr for itself.
1: <laughs> Ryan and I are watching The Boys season three in our spare
2: time.
1: Nano This feels like a bit. This feels like a scene from uh, from The Boys. Like, not even kidding. This like you're in Vaught headquarters. Real. You have Ashley trying to come up with, like, some crazy publicity stunt or something to cover up for another, like, Homelander mess-up. This is the kind of shit that they would do in that show. It's- it's insane. I- I can't even- (laughs) Wow. That is-
3: that is one of those things where I don't- I don't know if it's true. However, I choose to believe
0: that that is the truth of my own I hope that is the case, because it's far funnier than the opposite.
1: And the other yeah. thing is so like I said they were they posted this in their like you know slack or whatever and they were like hey guys you should roast on this everyone in that conversation was like don't do this this is really stupid please don't do it, <laughs> it is. and like and like no one was on board it just uh, I think
0: it's generated it's... publicity and I, EA, to me uh, and I think by a larger extent most companies of any kind even outside of games or would take any publicity is probably good publicity, as long as it's, like, you're you're not trouncing your own reputation or something. I think EA making a, a dig like this is just... I don't know. I think people are, are going to forget about this as in terms of it being a statement that was made. And they're just going to remember the fallout from it, which if what sounds like the case is that that's what EA w- wanted, is the, the fallout to be the remembered thing. So, yeah, I don't know. I think this is an interesting...
1: But does the follow like 'cause like you but, said, they want the, they want that like attention, right? But now yeah. that we know that it was a staged thing, do you think it's a kind because of that,
0: impact? I don't know what the source for this is, so I can't verify how USA
1: Today was had like a some sort of EA source or something from what I Yeah,
0: so it's always whether or not that person hundred yeah. percent knows the logic, but um, but here's the I thing: can... even if it's this not a true story, this reads as something possible to me, and that's a problem.
1: <laughs> that's the thing: even if this isn't a true story, there's going to be a lot of people out there who will just take it as a true story, just to like, oh, of course, that's something i would do, like, like you know, yeah, screw EA, yeah. and I feel like that's going to lessen the blow of what they were going for anyway, even if it's not true. Mm-hmm. So,
3: I I, I feel don't... like, and at, at least for me, because you know, it's I I don't have I don't have any statistics in front of me. Uh, but at least for me, like I'm so like cynical and and uncharismatic towards anything that EA does. It's like, okay, well, you're not gonna win me back with that because I probably wasn't going to like buy any of your single player games new anyway. Mm-hmm. i and and now it's like, at least from my point of view, it's like I you you're you're saying that fake or not. You you know you've you've run your you've run your false flag operation and you've uh, you've 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 destroyed uh, you've roasted your own uh, devs that make these single player games that I have enjoyed in the past. Uh, I don't immediately see the positive parts of that. I don't immediately go, oh well. In order to in order to prove EA wrong, I'm going to buy things that I like from EA.
2: Mm, I, I like, and regardless, regardless, <laughs> like, also, regardless of whether or not this was planned or w- whatever counts as being a quote unquote mastermind at EA,
3: the devs
1: didn't want it. They didn't want it. Yeah, in the story, they didn't want it either. Well, and that's that's my question that I have for, for you three. Like, what's worse if this was an honest, twister, anything EA like, does oh, is worse. Screw single player games, or is it worse that it was like a stage thing and they were trying to get this like reaction like i think the stage thing is
0: definitely worse because the stage thing shows i think that they are very misguided in what is Mm -hmm. going to work but again like it's hard to tell because the thing i think we've all learned about marketing from various just real world marketing examples is that you can from the outside you have no idea what is actually working to the company so yeah. it's really hard to say from us outsiders whether or not this was a a tactic that, if it is a tactic, is good. I think that the thing that it being a tactic represents is that they had some intent behind this that maybe wasn't very good or was just very mm. misguided towards what quote-unquote gamers mm. want. And I think that, as opposed to this being like a lone tweet that one person made on their shift, probably just like a a bad decision, I think, stands out as being more of a company-wide misunderstanding than a single person's iffy choice.
3: Because this is more, again, if this is the case, this is more nefarious and more underhanded than just being like, okay, let's put in the extra couple dollars to really like boost the advertising of our single player games and really make sure that people know about them and know what these are about and make sure that they get the love that they deserve we're not going to stack two of them on top of each other with the same release date within a week of each other or something like that we're not going to we're not going to destroy Titanfall 2 with one of the best single player first person shooter campaigns ever period and screw it over with another really good first person shooter game Battlefield 1 within the same span of time we're gonna actually take the time to make sure that these releases are advertised and planned properly no we're just gonna uh, try to see what happens Uh, we're gonna we're gonna go to the 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 petri dish that is that is Twitter we're gonna see what poking and prodding it with little like it's like a like a mad scientist it's it's so stupid like just shut up and and be a normal company you weirdos funny funny.
2: you should mention Petri Dish, because sometimes that's the only culture people at EA have.
0: Oh.
2: Wow. <laughs> Whoa! <Damn. laughs> it certainly right. seems like it with the decisions they make.
0: I'm going to move us along so we wow. can continue to talk about things and get to our actual topic. But before we do that, Please. I want to talk about Skate. The skate's coming back. Skate Damn. 4 is officially just going to be called Skate. Uh, we've seen ah. gameplay footage from a number of things... We've gotten reactions. A public beta, or quote unquote, not public, but a a sign up, um, beta is is happening that you can currently sign up for. Uh, likely followed by some public thing later on. However,
3: I the game say we're
0: going to end on good news, Ryan. Well, this is the curious thing. So I've gone through phases with this announcement. It, what has happened? Skate four has been officially called Skate, all lowercase, no capitals. Uh, huh. And it will be free-to-play with cross-play and cross-progression. Oh, yeah. So, I see two futures here. And one of them I'm okay with, one of them I'm not. The and future
2: I'm... and the worst timeline.
0: <laughs> the worst timeline and free-to-play Skate. Cause, so I, I went back and I have been playing Skate 3 this weekend using cloud streaming. <laughs> It's remarkably worked very well. Uh, I say that as if it's a joke, but it has worked legitimately well um, with the Xbox Cloud streaming stuff. It, it works, and that game is very fun. And honestly, to make it free to play, I don't really think you need to change anything. Just monetize some cosmetics. And I think you've got a free to play game. How, how many? How many? How many cosmetics, Ryan? How many cosmetics, Ryan? 75% probably. How many
1: skateboard cores are there going to (laughs) be?
0: So, I don't know. I'm of two minds on this because I do think a lot of comments that I've seen are basically like the audience to pay $70 for a full skate release is probably smaller than it would have been 10 years ago and likely isn't enough to fund the development of this game. Um I think that is probably a true statement, and that to me is the thing that I'm like, okay, I would rather have a free-to-play skate than no skate at all. Plus, uh, I'll give some benefit of the doubt here in that the developers have said they will not monetize any content stuff. They're not going to egregiously monetize everything. The monetization will be locked to, like, event cosmetics and stuff like that. This is always Ryan. a slippery slope, because Halo He's Infinite is you know thing. You know what other <laughs>
1: free-to-play game ha- ha- just, uh, you know, monetize the cosmetics, Ryan? Hey, Halo, Halo Infinite. Yeah, Halo <laughs> Infinite.
0: So, I don't know, I don't 100% trust this. What I do trust, though, is that the dev team behind this really likes what they're doing. And that goes a really long way to a game coming out feeling like an actual sequel. So, I have confidence in at least a lot of the devs behind this game. Whether or not production decisions are going to ruin it, I think, is really up to EA as an entity. And if that tweet is the way that EA is thinking, I'm a little concerned. Um, yeah, the stuff they've said here is no pay-to-win, no no map areas locked behind paywalls, no paid loot boxes, and no paid gameplay stuff. So, the Trust things it. that are going to be paid are stuff like skins and battle passes and whatnot. And I honestly think, like, if you're going to do skate monetization, the best way to do it, real-life skaters. Have have you be able to buy real-life skaters to play as? And then you get your, your custom character at the start that you make, and then you can buy. Say so you want to play as, I don't know, Tony Hawk. Tony Hawk's got his own skate franchise. There's no way he's going to be in this game,
2: but... Time to purchase Tony!
0: hey you know what i would find legitimately hilarious in this is if you could pay to play as just like random celebrities <laughs> the that's yeah cycle. yeah oh, we
2: got we got a snoop Dogg. like you can play yana yeah. uh...
1: reeves skater dude? Oh, yes God. please What how much yes, how much please. well on on the
2: snoop dog how much would you play uh, how much would you pay to play as martha stewart
0: martha stewart, martha stewart. in a skate stewart. game oh, in a I would pay oh, fifteen dollars for that. Does, does she does she have voice acting <laughs>
3: by Absolutely. the real
0: month? Okay, then that. Okay, voice here. acting twenty five. <laughs>
1: How much money would you pay to play as Jeff Keeley with his with, and you have this awesome just, like, range wants. of customizable the kicks.
0: price of his kicks. is...
1: It, it's like, you know,
3: you know how the, the the joke slash truth with near Automata is that, like, 2B's butt has, like, 45 quadrillion tries in it or something? Oh Jeff Keighley's shoes in Skate will have twice that amount, at least, per
2: shoe. It'll, it'll be the most God. photoreal
1: video game prop since the Monster Energy drinks. Yeah. <laughs> they, they,
2: they've, they've been photoscanned, and there's enough poly, and there's the same amount of polys as there are atoms in the you actual like, you, shoe, you play which play the game. The
1: you you play the game and it runs just fine. You play as Jeff Keighley in one of his pairs of shoes and it just halves the frame rate because yeah. it's so high
3: I, I'd shred as Hideo Kojima, mm-hmm.
0: dude. Are you kidding me? That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so they did do a feature reveal, and I'm super curious what you guys think of this. So they revealed a feature called uh, Collabo Zones. Weird name. Not a huge fan of the name. The gist of this is there are it zones... sounds like something from MTV. It does. There are zones <laughs> in the open, which is like oddly appropriate for a skating yeah. game. Uh they are zones of this like city that you can skate in that you roll up to with other people and you are you're in a session, you can all build a level together. So it's like collaborative Mario Maker Ooh. but for skating. And that sounds really fun. I think this sounds like a ton of fun. I am super worried with this game being free to play. This is going to get grief to hell within yes. the first week. And you will not be able to play these zones. Um I hope they have like a, an answer to that. Because like a, like a custom game
3: lobby kind of thing. Like yeah, th- this
0: feels to me like if the people playing this are all people that want to play skate and like are really into skating games, it's going to be a ton of fun to do to these little Wait, like just, collab zones. I, I just had a brain blast. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Yeah.
3: A, a free to play new release with a multiplayer forge mode on release. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. I'm I'm a little confused about that. I thought that wasn't possible. I thought. The, these well, these, these people at dead. this these people we at this dev have... team must have people that are actually hired to work on it until the project is done and not just contracted for six months and then they have to onboard new people so that, that must be how they so work.
1: Much. We're not supposed to have this kind of technology for another 10 We don't have years. the tech. <laughs> I am very confused about how these guys got their hands on some of the the spiciest tech in the industry. I I do not understand.
2: <laughs> must must have been. Yeah, I have two. I have two possible answers to this: time travel, or just a better gaming chair.
3: True. 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 Oh yeah, I'm I'm
0: t- cautiously optimistic for this. Just because I do believe the dev team behind this definitely. Because a skate game is not going to get made without the dev team caring. That That's a legitimate yeah. thing, I think. of This is a genre of game that is so easy to make a bad skating game, because you have to get everything right. You can have we, to nail we, all the stuff.
1: Can we cut back to this episode when the game comes out and it's terrible? Oh, no. And we have like, no. the Benny Hill theme going? Whoa. If that happens, like, listen, I will cut yeah, that listen, video right. myself. The... the, 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 <laughs> the like, the, the amount of minutes we could make of a montage of us saying how awesome oh, no. Battlefield 2042 is going to be. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying. just it actually happen? Oh, uh, we were I, I would rather I, be optimistic
0: op- right. than than a pessimist when it comes to skate. I, I, I don't want to would... believe that they'll ruin skate.
3: I would like to also believe that, you know, at some point it just has to get beaten into the thick skull of EA that maybe this isn't going to work and we should stop doing a bad job. Like, how many times does one group of people have to fail catastrophically badly over and over again without stopping multiple times in a direct row? I wish I
2: could be... An optimist here, but the skull of EA that you're trying to beat sense into—it's—it's like the villain Hammerhead from Spider-Man. I mean, we say this, but EA did release
0: Apex Legends, and Apex Legends was extremely well received for most of the first like two years it's been out. So for a while, yeah, for a while, it's gotten interesting. But I think I think most of the people with those complaints are people that have just played the game for too long.
1: So, Probably also the I do think there's a lot. But
0: I, there's a lot of room for this to go wrong, and I think there's a lot of room for it to actually work, and I really hope it works.
1: Listen, yeah. if you're mm-hmm. if, it's EA, if it's an EA multiplayer game and it doesn't have respawn anywhere in that in uh, you know, on the front of the box.
3: You know, Reason for caution.
1: All, all all caution to the wind on, mm-hmm. on that. I'm I mean at this point saying, I'm also cautious with
0: respawn, so yeah. A yeah, it's a, it's a situation, but I, I think for the most part we're in a good spot here. Alright, it's time to talk about our actual topic. We're going to talk about the things games do that people don't like that aren't actually so bad. So as, far as, my notes,
2: as far as my notes go for this, was this personal opinion or stuff that we should actually have researched?
0: Oh, this is 100% personal it's, opinion. But okay. Yeah, is.
1: okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is a, a fun I, little oh, thing. Oh,
1: just personal opinion?
0: Just shred
1: everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, your opinion is fact.
3: I, I'll 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 go off the the notes that I uh, took uh, while on shift at work to to start uh, because I think of it's course. worth pointing out. Uh, I yes, this is this is personal opinion. We did not conduct scientific research. That everyone that disagrees with uh, th- the things that we're about to say are factually wrong. Uh, it's yeah it's just that i would rather people stop complaining and just play
0: the game that these
3: things are in i also think we're we're hoping
0: to give a little bit of developer insight here as to what Mm -hmm. devs at least in in our like history when we've made indie games and whatnot what you might think when you're going about a mechanic that may at the first like test seems like something that players won't really like yeah there's reasons uh, you do a lot of these things, uh, and I, wa- yes. I want to kind of dig into that and, and show that sometimes when you, you go after a thing like a poison swamp in a game, maybe it's there to make you confront your preconceived notions about what how to play the game and try something new for a little while.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I think it's also worth pointing out, are there really, like... Unsalvageably, unsalvageably bad examples of all of these things in games. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> However, I we know. are here to play devil's advocate and and try to try to show off some good ones that people don't uh, you know, that they they push under the rug when they're whining about how horrible like quick time events are or whatever because it's actually not so bad in in a lot yeah. of cases it's just, you know, those outliers they do be outliers and especially I- For in the case of QTEs and uh a lot of these actually like I feel like the 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 mid two thousands, like PS two, three sixty, ps three era, that was Mm -hmm. like a big time for these and all like the like how how many how many shooter games had a turret section or whatever. People go, Oh Oh,
1: god, our
3: game has a turret section, oh this is the worst mission in the whole game.
1: Nine (laughs) times out of ten, it's not the feature itself, it's how it's uh made
0: and it's how how execution execution. exactly yeah yeah Yeah, i I think this is a really interesting topic and i want to pull out one of my favorite franchises here because i think it does every one of these that you can probably think of in at least one of the games and that's yakuza yakuza all of them have qte as to my knowledge unless i'm forgetting one that for some reason didn't uh um, it would be weird if it didn't. It'd be very right? strange if most of them have turret segments. Would it even
1: be a Yakuza game?
0: Many of them in fact all of them have like at least 15 mini-games. <laughs> that yeah. are just random things that range from extremely simple to more complicated than the average fight in the game. Um
2: with with like a dragon, did that change at all? Were the QTEs mainly in the combat special abilities, or are they still?
0: Yeah, well populated. They're show. mostly in combat, in, in like a dragon. But I think it's because the game is not like an action game. It, it doesn't expect you to be on your toes the whole time when it comes to a a combat sequence. Whereas in like Yakuza Zero, Yakuza Six, whatever, it it transitions from cutscene to combat pretty seamlessly. And so they'll generally use a QTE at like the start or the midpoint of a boss fight to make you kind of engage a little bit more in like a cinematic sequence. Which I think in Yakuza games tends to work really well with a notable exception of some of the early bosses in Yakuza one and two, because those games are not very generous with checkpoints. And if you fail the QTE in the final boss, that's actually like a three part final boss with one of the most infuriating sequences I've ever played that did feel very good to get through. So it served a purpose, but I was not happy that it did. Uh, yeah, it can feel a little cheap <laughs> when mm. you mess up the QTE and get exploded and have to replay the entire sequence again. Um, I think that's a, a relic of the arcade days that probably doesn't need to exist anymore. But if it's well done and as long as it doesn't push you back too far, I think they're a lot of fun. I think QTEs get the job done really well. And don't even get me started on turret segments. I love them.
3: <laughs> yeah, but my, my, my imaginary... I have done with endless ammo? yes oh, yeah. my my imaginary imaginary undiscussed plan for this is that we go uh one hated thing to another so if we if we've if we've begun on on qtes I'll, yeah we'll do the
0: qte discussion
3: you know, i'll branch off that for for a bit uh but i for for me a lot of a lot of these uh complained about things are really just like they're they're good pace changers to just like Say say you're playing Resident Evil Four, and you just went through your 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 big old section of shooting shooting a bunch of Spanish zombies in the head and making them stop running at you with chainsaws and whatnot. Uh, and you're like, oh man, I'm safe now. I'm going to go through this thin little passage to get to the next area. Guess what? You better start mashing X, baby, because there's a boulder behind you. It's gonna it's you're gonna mash it really fast. It's gonna make Leon play the run animation too quickly. It's gonna look really funny. But I'm sure, <laughs> probably. For a lot of people, first time playing that, you probably were not expecting that at all. <laughs> and it probably got exactly the reaction of, Oh god, <laughs> that they were probably wanting from you. Uh, oh, now it's like Napoleon a million boy. Yeah. <laughs> now it's like a like a memed on thing. But like <laughs> it's to the point where at least in uh, in RE4's case, like a lot of the people that I see like talking about what they want to see in the remake, like they hope that like the quick time events are still there. There is an entire boss fight in RE4 that is just a knife fight with quick time events and button presses you have to press at the right time. Yeah, that's and multiple because of bosses. <laughs> and and they, like people people who love the original and have built their entire internet careers off of Resident Evil and survival horrors alone want those to be similar or the same. Like I feel like that should say something. Because you could really do them like perfectly fine. Like how, how many I mean It's almost like like rhythm game levels of like satisfaction when you get Mm -hmm. them right. Especially
0: Uh, if they correlate to like the actions you would do in combat. Yes. Like they have you have a dodge button and then when you're an attack's coming in, it's like left on the stick and dodge at the the same time or something. It's like Mm -hmm. you do kind of the actions you would normally do, except there it's in a much more cinematic way. Mm -hmm. I think it totally works really well.
1: Yeah. So because I, I, I knew that the, the QTE discussion was gonna come up at some point, And I think it's a really interesting discussion. And what I wanted to focus on specifically was I want to focus on two games where essentially the entire game is a QTE. But one of them does it really well, and one of them does it really poorly. Ooh. I want to start with the bad one first and then on the good one. Has anyone here played has anyone here played Dragon's Lair before? The old Dragon Lair? the
0: the the animated the arcade, one, the arcade, the arcade, the arcade, arcade game? game. I, know I played the arcade about, game yes. <laughs> once or twice. So, yes.
1: it is. So at the time, it was it was like at the height of you know the '80s arcade boom, right? And it was this super interesting like idea for arcade machine. We're gonna get Don Bluth, legendary yes. animator of like Secret of Nim, all these classic movies. We're gonna have him come in and like do this gorgeous animation for this awesome like. Medieval fantasy action game, but here's the thing: it's all animation, which means you're not controlling a character, not in the traditional sense. You're, you know, hitting up, down, or it's it's like sword, and then like up, down, left, and right, I think, and you have to hit it Mm -hmm. at the exact moment. And sometimes something might blink, and it's like, oh, you have to like your sword will blink, so you have to hit with the sword or whatever. You die once, go all the way back to the beginning, and you got to make it through the whole game, Mm -hmm. and. Especially if you were playing it, if you were a kid in the 80s, you're playing at the arcade, uh, and you had to pay every single time you died. That's kind of a pain in the butt. eater. (laughs) That's kind of a pain in the ass.
3: That's that's how they get you.
1: It's, It's, I mean, it looks gorgeous. It's Don Bluth animation, which means it looks great. But, you know, that's, I feel like, especially nowadays, I mean, you can play it now without having to pay, and that's something. But would you really, would you really want to... I don't know. It just, it doesn't, I've, I played a bit of it because I had it on like PSN or something. Um, and I tried it at like a friend's house and I was like, eh, yeah, this ain't doing it for me. This, this is cute and the animation is great and it's cool, but like, that's kind of all it has going for it. On the other end of the spectrum, you have One Finger Death Punch, which is such a fun game. I don't know if anyone here has played it. Oh, yeah. One Finger no, what Death is Punch it? What's like a awesome. quick synopsis um so all you so all it is it's like a it's like a arcade action game right and all you do is hit left and right that's it you have enemies it's a 2d game you have enemies coming in from the left Ah. and right you have like a range of attack and you can just hit left and right when they're in your your it's
0: a game you can play with one finger is the yes Uh,
1: ideally two one for each side but you can play it with one hand if you know you're yeah well it's because if
0: you're using a controller you're you're just using one finger on a d-pad to do it yeah
1: i did so. it on mobile which is a great like mm-hmm. platform for that so it was a lot easier to do two ups. but um and like as your combos increase like your your distance increases so you can hit enemies from further away there's also different colored enemies where you have to hit it in like a certain left right pattern there's like uh weapons that they throw at you so if you attack it while it's in your range you could throw the weapon and you can catch it throw it back at them it's awesome (laughs) it's super cool and it's only two buttons and really when you break it down the game is just is this one big qte but it's Mm -hmm. so fast paced and it relies and it still has some sort of skill involved in it that you're not really thinking about that while you're playing and it's just it's super like fast paced frantic and it is just so much fun
2: when you were playing it, did you find that it, it it took on any aspects of sort of like a rhythm game with that at all? Was was there a a a, a flow that you found yourself in?
1: There, there's a flow, but with a rhythm game, it's like you have that that constant like rhythm going on that, a, like, on a beat, on oh, a beat. And really... here it's it's not really like that. There's a lot more. Um,
0: uh, You're not should... having to time it quite as hard. Yeah, there's a lot more
1: something. freestyling going on. Um, but I think there are definitely moments where you definitely get into your like gamer Zen state and, um, and yeah, and it's awesome and it's free. So if you want to try it on, on, you know, your phone or something, I would highly recommend it. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was interesting kind of thinking about those two games and how they essentially are both just one long QTE, but how they, they handle it so differently. And I think one, again, one does it really, really well. They're like polar opposites, like, like. Dragon's Lair is beautiful looking and it's a terrible like example of a QTE game. One Finger Death Punch is one of the like cheapest looking games you'll ever see. It is literally like stick figures and like it's it's so it like it is not a very visually appealing game. But for like a very simple like left right button game, it is so much fun. They're like almost exact polar opposites of each other.
0: I think it's a good example, and there's also, like, interesting offshoots of qt style game. I'm actually going to bring up kind of the subgenre of narrative-heavy choice games. Like, uh, Life is Strange, you have the Sherlock Holmes games, there's a, a lot of games fall into Hold this on. that are... Yeah, and I think these also are very heavy on QTs, and most of the ones I've played, I want to say use them pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. It's one of the few things I'll, I'll give credit to you for the original Life is Strange I think the QTE parts of the game when things are getting intense actually tend to work pretty well because of the fact that you, you never have to lose a lot of progress due to how that game works but um yeah I think Until Dawn especially they, they tend to work pretty well I know a lot of people don't like them but I do think they, they provide a good facsimile of gameplay in a, a genre that doesn't tend to have a lot of actual gameplay um, which isn't a, isn't a problem. Like I have had yeah. a lot of fun just making choices in those games, but yeah. I think having a, a little bit of a push to do something with the controller is a, a good thing to have. Mm-hmm.
1: And what 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 hides the like because when you think of a QTE, you think of like button pumped on screen. Now you have like this amount of time. Maybe there's like a little loading bar you have to hit it. Mm. A lot of a lot of those kind of QTE moments in something like Until Dawn isn't quite like that. A lot of it is like oh if you like move the stick forward the guy's hand moves forward or like moves left and right so you have to like grab something and then pull down or you have to like pick something up Mm -hmm. and like put it over here and it's it's not like it's not like super complex gameplay but it's a really interesting way of grounding you in the story when you feel like you're you know, you're actually picking up a, like turning a page of a book or something like that when it's a bit more yeah. analog than just like pressing a button.
3: It, it makes, it gives it a reason to be a video game while still being like a really story heavy experience that isn't like entirely gameplay focused.
1: Yeah. yeah. It can be very atmospheric at times too, which games like Until Dawn really rely on. Definitely, yeah.
0: All right. Anything else about QTEs we want to talk about?
1: Um, I do think. Oh, go ahead. Another fun example of a QTE was, um, um, Kingdoms of of Amalor: The Reckoning, where sometimes if you're if you're fighting an enemy and you have this like big finisher, you have to like tap X X a bunch of times. You can get some like extra XP if you tap the X button quick enough for like a final kill, which is like a really quick example of a QTE. And it's like two seconds, but it's so much fun because you're just like obsessively tapping your button Mm -hmm. trying to get like a little bit of extra it doesn't feel too
0: bad if you miss it because you're just you're just missing a couple of extra xp points you're not you're not
1: you're not restarting a checkpoint you're just losing out on a bit of xp that you made you know yeah
0: i do think this also uh qt spin out well into another thing that i think gets some flack in games uh puzzles
1: yes puzzles in games and I you think have, this is why
0: you may have stolen one of my ideas. Yep. Well, this is why I want to transition this because I think you in particular would have a lot to say about this, Alex. Um but yeah, I think puzzles are a, a thing that a lot of people both love and hate. Uh, I I'm a big fan of a lot of puzzle games, but sometimes they're too much. <laughs> I think uh from the position of a developer, it's really hard to know if a puzzle that you're making is understandable to someone because you inherently yeah. know the solution. So the only way to know if, if it's understandable is to stick it in front of someone else and go, hey, can you that's, solve this?
2: That's QA. That's what QA is
0: for. But yes. then you have the problem of the people that you stick in front it in front of may or may not be familiar with the rest of the thing that you're making. And so you've got now you've got the problem of, well, you may not be able to rely upon the answers you get because they're from different skill levels of players or players that like haven't played the whole game, so they don't have the, the context you would need to solve this thing, uh, which I think is a, a legitimate problem with designing puzzles and why it's so hard to find like classic puzzle games like Portal just they so, they're so hard to make yeah you yeah. put so much into it
2: the uh the the context thing that you talked about that's like perfectly one of the things cuz i was i it, it's the two sides of the same coin thing cuz i've found that people you know equally like it, it's not 100% of people and i'm the outlier here or something like it, it's i'd say an equal amount of people both hate and then an equal amount of people both hate and love. Like the thing where it's, um, the thing with context puzzles that do not have hints to them. Like mm. there is the yeah. there, there's not an ability to get hints for it in the game, and that you know changes drastically on whether or not there's enough context for people to pick up on in in the level or in what they've experienced in the game so far.
0: Um, from from what I've. Yeah, I'm a big fan of hint systems. Um, because I think if you you would rather have a player solve your puzzle within thirty minutes and not yeah. spend eternity either having to to leave the game and go look it up or get stuck doing something, so I think it's a good idea to have a system like that in place. I
2: think like it's and it's definitely also in the genre of game for me. Like I in the Professor Layton games, there are some quote unquote math based puzzles that mm-hmm. you that I, I find I just really need the hint coin for and then because it's it's that the the most amount of stuff you can do in the game to solve it is you have the the memo system in game or you can yeah. uh do the memo system out of game and, and draw some diagrams on pen and paper which you know i like to do um but i when a game is more free form and open doesn't put you in the okay here is the logic puzzle that you solve bit when it's like let's say it's a it's a physics-based puzzle mm-hmm. i that this I vastly prefer when there's no hint system and you can toy around with the game's physics engine and things like that yeah. in order to find a
0: creative way to solve it.
2: Well, because those puzzles yeah. tend
0: to not rely on external knowledge. You just yeah. need to, to yeah, play yeah. around
3: and figure it out. Your 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 hint equivalent should have been like your prior experience with the levels leading up to the yeah, exactly. physics puzzle. Yeah.
0: And I think uh, to ground why we're talking about this and a thing that people don't like episode, I want to give some examples of ones that people don't like of puzzles uh and i i gotta bring up classic point and click games the lucas stuff the logic in those games is nightmare logic it oh, doesn't disc- work <laughs> that is disc one World, word for it disc we won't World use the other word
2: <laughs> Discworld and king's quest are something else and they're some yep. of my favorite point and click like i love these games
0: too. But man, are they I, I could totally leave all the puzzles they've designed on the floor because most of them are just not <laughs> oh, puzzles. Oh my They're god. Just slap items together until you're done. Yeah. Oh my
2: god. Wait, wait, what about Legacy of the Druids? <laughs>
0: <Or> <laughs> the Legacy of the Druids. And I wanted to bring up oh. Zero Escape, Alex. Because Zero Escape is a is a ah. weird subgenre of puzzle game that I think Japan specializes in, which is oh, absolutely. detective and route. murder puzzles. And you get this thing. Zero Escape has there is an entire game where the whole crux of basically every puzzle is can you do prime numbers? <laughs>
2: oh crap! I'm dead. Well, they give you I a calculator that handles game. it. <laughs>
0: uh, so you you don't One, need to three, do five, go seven, out of the game because you have like a built-in calculator that does everything you need for you. So, but you do need to constantly have it in your back of mind. I gotta do like some weird math with this later. Um, and I think so those it, it are does the puzzles. Require... Sorry, continue. No, keep going. So, Absolutely it does stop. require
2: some type of math knowledge. It
0: right. requires you to functionally understand the concept that they introduced to you at the start, right. which is hard to understand the, because it's not thing, explained super well. <laughs> the
2: thing that the Professor Layton games do with their quote unquote math puzzles is that they will. Th- they love to throw intimidating looking things at you, and that's how they get yeah. you. Because like, this game is. Like for what? What's the age rate? It's like seven year olds and up. I think is something. Layton it, or, is
0: yeah. not not zero. are <laughs> giving yeah. a lot
1: Absolute, of credit to absolutely. seven year
2: olds <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. No, Layton and Zero Escape are on completely different sides of the spectrum for puzzle games. But but I think they are with, the with, same
0: type of puzzle game, bizarrely.
2: with with the Layton things, with the hitcoin coin system and things like that. But with the 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 types of like quote unquote math puzzles that you get in Layton, you. Actually, you only need to know addition and subtraction. Ever, there like something will look like you need to. Oh, there's a quadratic equation, or there's some type of line graph thingy, or some weird geometry or trigonometry thing that you need to do with angles and things. No, it's it's very it's as simple as putting as putting the circle through the circle hole or the
0: square through the the circle hole because it's small enough. Don't overthink this kind of puzzle. Yeah. Yeah, and I think these are the ones that ride a line. Um I think especially in Zero Escape, where they're they are some of my like favorite of this type of game. Some of the puzzles go too far. <laughs> for sure. And I think that's in the interest of making the game have like a challenge that escalates.
2: Are you talking in theming or leaps of logic that you need Oh to leaps
0: make? of logic, absolutely. Because you hit a point with these where you'll kind of exit the realm of reality, and at that point, puzzles based on, like, physical concepts no longer make sense. And I think that tends to happen, especially in the the later Zero Escape games. Um, But Zero Escape's creator created another franchise that's more recent called I, the Somnium Files. And the reason I think the puzzles in these games, which have the same leaps in logic, work way better is because... They take place in a nightmare world. <laughs> yes of <laughs> someone's place, dreams. Yeah. So the, the uh. them being dream logic is expected. And in that way, mm-hmm. instead of having to, instead of approaching a situation where you're trying to think through a logical conclusion, you're trying to think through, what would the character whose head I'm in consider this object to mean? Like if, yes. if I'm in the head of someone who murdered someone with an ice pick and I look at a lock, do I open the, the lock with a key? Or do I stab the key into it like it's an ice pick into someone's skull and then turn it? And you're like, mm-hmm. "Well, that's obviously the answer." And I think yeah. that that works astoundingly well in the the context of it being a dream world. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a very unique situation that that game puts puzzle mechanics into. So,
3: mm-hmm. and I, I have I have recently uh, I've I've played more of that game now. I did I, I did pick the, the left bird cage or whatever. Yeah, uh, I they they make a point to point out to you uh if you if you pick the the other option of not of like uh it, it's either putting the the ice pick further into a picture taking it out and it's like if you try to push it in further the character's like would a person would like a kid who just like did that like really want to do it again i don't know maybe you shouldn't like that sounds yeah. kind of weird, don't you think? Well, that's the and hit then system. Is you have a yeah. running
0: commentary of the characters around you kind of reacting to what you're doing and giving their thoughts. So if you do something wrong, you have a, a thing to fall back on because in this game, you have time limits. And so that's you need sick. to not mess up too badly or else you've got to restart the section. But it's very generous with allowing you it's to like have a, a checkpoint mid-puzzle. But it is a, a fun system to make sure that you are engaging with the puzzle and ha- still have some pressure on you. So yeah, I think it's a really good system, uh, and and it solves the the dream logic problem of old school point and clicks, where now it is a dream, so dream logic works.
1: Yes. Yep. And another another thing like like puzzle adjacent because sometimes it has puzzles in it, but it's a more broad term, is what I like to call single-player downtime. And you see this in a lot of, like, your your third-person narrative Sony games, where, like, mm-hmm. uh, you, you just had this big combat encounter, but now we're going to push some boxes around and move some ladders. People oh, are I like, wow!
3: Boxes.
1: And people are like, wow! Uh, move chores. This, this <laughs> gameplay sucks, because uh, it's, uh, it, it, these add nothing to the game whatsoever. And I say, no. You're wrong. Slow down. <laughs> exactly. Oh, it, oh there. It does these these do two, two things. So if you think of like, like God of War has some light puzzles, right? Not not it's not a puzzle game, but it has some like uh some puzzle elements sprinkled in through, you know, in between combat encounters and stuff. Mm-hmm. And optional uh, last, U- last of us one yeah, exactly. Last of us one has uh boxes and ladders, last of us two has the ropes, which you didn't use enough of, but you know, that's besides the point um and what these do is two things one is that it does amazing things for the pacing because especially with something like the last of us you don't just want combat (sighs) encounter combat encounter combat encounter because it gets really really old and also it's just for a story driven game you're not allowed to get as much narrative out if you're just fighting people all the time yeah people will very quickly
0: grow to hate your game if you don't give them some variation yeah, exactly.
1: yeah and it's just not that kind of game either you can get away with something like that in like doom 2016 because that's the game the mm-hmm. game is yeah. shooting demons in the face well even it's then not, you have like you know...
0: parkour and platforming yeah and they, they, and they
1: expanded on that with um um uh, doom eternal. eternal as well there's a lot more like you know in between sections which i quite liked but um it you know it allows for just to like ah uh, like slow down for a minute and just kind of let you kind of soak it in the environment that you're in. Cause if you're moving things around, you're talk also to taking a character. in. That's the other thing is that it it does, it does great. Uh, it makes massive strides in like character development and just having two characters talk to one another. If there's one thing that naughty dog always does really, really well, it's just, you put two characters in a room and you just have them talk to each other. Like they, they're so good at dialogue writing, no matter how you feel about last of us Two, there are some great little, exchanges between all the characters in that game and these moments are great because it allows these characters to just talk and just have this great back and forth with each other and for narrative driven games like that it's really really important to uh you know to have those moments and so i feel like i get it there's it's pretty light it's pretty sparse gameplay wise you're just moving around boxes and ladders i get it but you're also playing a narrative game so you have to have these moments where you just allow the narrative to take over while you walk around. That's kind of what you get with these, with these types of games and you're either, mm-hmm. you know, you're okay with that or you're not. And that's, that's, you know, if it's not your cup of tea, it's not your cup of tea, but that's what you get with those types of games. I think an- another thing kind of
3: on a similar line with that too, that I-, I thought of while you were talking is that like, this is, this is a, a big thing, especially with uh like when, when, uh jrpgs first became 3d and let you walk around on a 3d plane and like look around the dungeon from a third person perspective and didn't just have you like you know from the top down and stuff uh you know i i think they like that it was kind of seen as an opportunity to expand on what dungeon crawling could be because i i've 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 played uh i'm willing to compare Two obscure games that no one else here has played, but I'm gonna I'm I'm going to ask you to bear with me. Uh, oh. I'm going to compare the dungeon crawling in Shin Megami Tensei: Digital Devil Saga and Shin Megami Tensei: Strange Journey. Strange Journey is a DS game and 3DS game where the dungeon crawling is like as classic as it gets. It is like third person, just UI on the screen. And that environment is squares and you move one square at a time and you can slide left and right and, and turn and navigate on, on a grid first person. Uh, you never see yourself during battle or whatever your, yeah. your, your battle UI comes up on the other screen and you just see the demon standing in front of you. It is like super, super simple. The dungeon crawling in that game. If you do not have the stomach for it, will make you want to die in real life because it is literally it is literally you walk from square to square to square random encounter and that's it that is what dungeon crawlers were for a pretty long time until 3d things allowed things like in digital devil saga from the same series on the ps2 you navigate that in a third person 3d perspective now you have some 3d brain teasers to go about there's no like math thing or anything but it's like you know you ever you ever you ever seen or play like laser chess where there's like oh the the one thing just shooting a laser out and there's a couple oh. mirrors on the chess uh, board that you have to move around yes. and make the laser go between them like that level of stuff you can't really do that in old school
0: like versions of the same game because Spread. you just don't have that perspective before you're done with this, I want to bring up another game that nobody else here has played. Which okay. is a franchise <laughs> called Etrian Odyssey. Because yes. Etrian Odyssey <laughs> is the, the strange journey <laughs> approach of... You are these doing... up. These
1: aren't real. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they're all real. They're all real games. Uh, they are first-person dungeon crawlers where you go through tons of dungeons with lots of classes that you have, but they're more modern. These are a modern take on that very classic approach with the one change that makes these so much more fun is you don't have a map. And instead you yeah, have to draw sense. the yeah. map. And yes! that means you're engaging with it so much more because as you go through these little areas where you which you only look at as grids that you slide left and right <laughs> and, and rotate <laughs> on uh in first person with a D-pad on a DS. <laughs> That's oh my how you is it? It's these for the games. DS and 3DS. Wow. Yes. yes. Um they are wonderful games uh that are, are great dungeon crawlers. And they make exploring the environment just complicated enough with these map-making tools that you can actually have a lot of fun mapping them out. Especially because the DS has the stylus, so you've got like a great solution to mapping something in it. Yeah, I just think they're they're really unique takes on how to make a more modern approach to that first-person style of dungeon crawler without high-budget and without doing a lot of fundamental changes to it, so... Yeah, I think it's it's interesting how different series approach that same thing.
3: Yeah, and I bring that up because, you know, something that could be boring, just dungeon crawling with the random encounters, the puzzles being there in the 3D exploratory perspective games, the puzzles are there to break it up so that you aren't bored. And if they weren't there, you might say that you really don't like them, which, yeah, they might be a little obscure, but if they weren't there... You probably wouldn't like the game at all, uh, because it would just be literally nothing for an entire like six floor dungeon. And you know, Etrian Odyssey has the cartography thing going for it. S and T does not, so it would yep. literally just and and a lot S and T games are just you you go on those squares, and if you don't like those mm-hmm. squares, well then,
2: oh,
0: I got bad news for you. <laughs> well, you yeah.
2: better be there or become a square.
0: And Brett, yeah. <laughs> I think you have struck at the heart of what this kind of type of design is, which is mm. making the player just vary what they're doing a little bit. Exactly. Just exactly. because, I go cl- back to the classic um, John Romero quote from from Doom. He's saying, players are going to optimize the fun out of your game. So you got to do something to to minimize that and make it so you know, that they have something to engage with and it's something that forces them to change their tactic. You know, you can't approach every enemy the same way when you're creating a first person shooter. You have to create things that are like a big threat. If you see an enemy with a rocket launcher, you got to prioritize them, things like that. And I think that's a really strong design methodology. Um, and it's something that I go back to when I, I've been playing Ninja Gaiden, one of our our games for our, our big list of games to play for the next month. Um, and one thing that game does that I think is really clever is it uses color and enemy weapon types to be like, hey, this is a priority target. When you see the dude in a white suit with a rocket launcher drop down, go go kill him. <laughs> like, right now, and he won't be a problem, but if you leave it sitting there, you're going to get hit by a rocket out of nowhere and get really upset. And I think that's a really strong way to just be like, hey, just change what your attention's focusing on you don't need to use a different weapon or anything you don't need to like change your your whole play style but just have some target prioritization so that way you're you're moving between different enemies and that you have a little bit more thought going into what you're doing rather than just hacking and slashing i think there's a really strong variation there yep. same tack. you're always going to see people complain about this enemy on message <laughs>
3: <laughs> yep yep <laughs>
0: Another thing
3: that is that is a pretty good blanket statement for all of these. I think it applies to almost all of them. Is that they require you to use your brain a little bit, like two percent more than you would otherwise. And people, for whatever reason, really don't like that. (laughs) At least like it a lot less than if the game just like you know stayed the same hack and slash for the whole time. What you're gonna you're gonna throw two plus two out at me on the screen for and
2: I I had had to
3: solve it within ten seconds. No, this is this is not good. I had to I had to I had to strategize differently for for one level. And then you know, I, I, like you know, there's for for things like uh your your classic, your classic water levels, your classic escort missions or whatever, you know, sewer those are levels. very easy sewer levels, those are very easy to handle poorly, but they're there to make you think differently. And I would wager to say that a lot of the time if you if you if you suspend your like the equivalent of suspending your disbelief when like a movie does something crazy and you're like okay I'll go I'll go with it for now and I'll see where this goes if you suspend your gamer disbelief and you go okay what is this trying to make me do and you do it you might find that that you've done it and then you find the frustration be mad just a little bit
0: just a little bit <laughs> exactly. this is why people play dark Souls. This, you now yeah. understand the, the appeal Speaking of the souls for <laughs> Yes. Speaking of
2: Dark Souls, that's that's another one of my.
0: Uh, I also do. I want to correct to myself before we go too much further. Before my gamer cred gets ruined, it wasn't John Romero who said that quote. I was mi- I was misattributing that. It was Soren Johnson. Because uh, okay. as soon as I said that, I was like, "This was wrong." Soren Johnson, <laughs> so, who created civilization, who was one of the, the creators of civilization.
1: Well, that was. I, I was about to say too. Like all of this goes back to that classic Sid Meier quote: "A game is a collection of interesting choices, or a series of interesting choices." I should say. But what happens is if you don't you have, have any game, interesting
0: choices to make why are you playing the game you
1: well, that's the thing optimizing the fun out is oh you have these choices at first but once you've found the optimal route there's no more choices to make you're making this all is also why before you've even like, this is why games it, have okay.
0: meta who which are like online only games adjust their meta every couple of months it's because yes. people will find a a meta and do the meta thing it's why like, you need to, even if, even if the game is quote-unquote perfect, if League of Legends is perfect in the current state, you have to hit it with a bat and mix things up or else people are going to get bored and stop playing the game. And people might dislike that. Um, I know I myself disliked it many times when I played League of Legends, but it did keep me playing the game. <laughs>
3: And at least has a reason, like a good reason for why they do it. It's not just like, we are here to ruin your fun! Screw you, asshole! No, <laughs> you want people to play different their characters. Game.
0: Now, yeah. the, the inverse of that is sometimes a character doesn't get adjusted, and that's yes. just as much of a problem. <laughs> if, like, something is overpowered and, and never gets a, a nerf hammer, or if something is underpowered and never gets a buff. It's like the, the issue that happens with old destiny exotics and like old Mm -hmm. items in certain games it's the the dark souls one problem of some of the weapons are just really bad and unfun uh and so you you run into that issue with a lot of games but it's you got to pick and choose your battles because
1: you can't adjust everything all the time so that goes back to something we've talked about before where it's like that that developer and and fan base kind of back and forth do you listen to them or not yeah yeah
0: the reality is that there is not as many developers in charge of like a single system as you might think. So they have to pick and choose what they change because a lot of the time, if you have got the same people making content for a new thing as adjusting the old game, you, every time you ask them to do a new thing, you're you're adding more that these people have to do, and something has to give. Right? There's got to be something that that gets cut. So it's the unfortunate reality of of a team that has to have a limited size you can't keep expanding forever you know you gotta make your choices as to what is worth adjusting sometimes i'm sure people make give. the wrong choices but go ahead brad
3: speaking of something that has to give uh, alex we interrupted you before what were you going to say <laughs> it was like five minutes ago but i did not forget <laughs>
2: Oh no! What you're was you're I about going to lead to in.
3: <laughs> you look down at your notes. I think you oh, might yeah. have a note about something because you looked down to your left. <laughs> <laughs> Are there no notes there, or was were it, you just no, looking? No, no, no,
2: no. Was it was it the Dark Souls bit that I mentioned? I think yes, it was, that the was Dark Souls. That was, yeah. yeah, you were I, about that, to go. That was off another. That that was another thing. If we were going to lead into like another, um, not not topic, but another section of. The... Go for it. Take
0: us away, go for Alex. Us
2: um, so, with the Dark Souls thingy, and this is also you know, somewhat tangential to the to the no-hint puzzle thingy that I was doing, uh, games with either a fixed or no difficulty setting to change.
3: Mana. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get good.
2: It, it's that very is... <laughs> interesting, because I, uh, I really admire Dark Souls and the people who play it, and I love watching it being played. I myself can't stand it. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. I like there are Souls likes that I love, but I don't like the mainline Souls series, and I have yet to try Elden Ring because it looks a little too similar for me. Unfortunately, um, understandable. But I, 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 I love the gameplay aspect where it's it's not really, and, and this is less of an Elden Ring or a Souls like thingy because you do level up in those games. I. I like the the fixed inner difficulty where you are forced to still adapt and overcome just by thinking about it or trying a situation or mm-hmm. getting good and improving your skill level.
3: Like the it. the game isn't going to to stoop to you; you have to rise to what it's expecting from you. Yeah, which and it's... is not it's not something for everybody, also. But I I, I don't I would not think that someone is less of a person for trying something and being like oh this isn't for me this is i i don't like when the game is this hard in this way or whatever which i think is is probably something that should be spread around and thought by more people <laughs> yeah.
1: and on the but... other end of the pond too you have to be like listen like you may not like these kind of games because they're too difficult for you but you also have to acknowledge that there's a lot of people that do love these games if elden ring sales is anything to go by there are a lot of people that love yeah. that kind of game and it's just healthier for the industry that they exist even if you don't like it yeah the, the
2: design yeah. vision of a game can mandate that yeah it is tough as nails or hard to grasp at at some point but the the journey of finding it out and then mastering that content is is really something else yes then it needs to be respected i
0: agree yeah yeah i i think there's a I do think this is the the one that if there was unlimited manpower on a project, unlimited time to make something, difficulty settings is probably something that almost every game could have outside of like puzzle games that it would make sense to have a difficulty setting of a puzzle because, you know, you, if you have learned the game to that point, you're probably capable of solving the puzzle. And if you're not, that's the puzzle is poorly designed. So I, I think this is one of the ones where like, If in a perfect world we we could have all these things, I think every game would have difficulty options. Because I I think Dark Souls is a classic example, but the prevalence and massive popularity of mods for Dark Souls to change how the game functions and not even like make them necessarily easier or harder, but more just like change the tone of the game. And a more like you, you can really change how it feels by making it a little bit more high fantasy like and giving things like regenerating magic and stuff like that. And it feels like a different game. It's not the same thing. It's more of a, like a power fantasy, but I think it is still like a really fun, valuable experience. Um, but you're not getting the Souls experience. You're not. You're not. You're no longer. If you do that, you aren't playing a Souls game anymore. You're playing mm-hmm. a, a different type of game, which is not a bad thing. It's just With it's Souls, not what Souls, Souls is designed to be. So, yeah, I, I think if Souls were to ever get a difficulty option, that's probably the way they would go. It's not. Hey, yeah, we're making we're just numbers. Settings. We're doing things like making the player have access to more stuff and whatnot. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Change around how how the combat fundamentally feels. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think it's a really interesting conversation. I think this is the the one that's most complex. Is just difficulty options are not an easy thing. Um, in most games, you know, I think a lot of games have the benefit of like, hey, if you're making a a thing that has JRPG numbers easy thing is just adjust some numbers and you have difficulty options that are generally pretty good um unlike a lot of things i think jrpgs can generally do just like numbers tuning and still be largely fine yeah um but in some cases it doesn't work and when you're looking at a uh, like ff14 you got to make a completely new fight for yes. <laughs> difficulty. And, you know,
3: and i, I
1: think oh no, go ahead
3: I was just going to say real fast that it is, it's is—it's really easy in the difficulty discussion to be when, like, oh, this game, you know, uh, it it is possible for, for the untouchable masterpiece known as Dark Souls to, to ever have a difficulty setting, period, no matter what. I feel like when people think that, and I really can't blame them because for a while I thought that also is that people just, like, stop at the options being easy, normal, hard, and, like, different yeah. levels, and that's it. But I really think that, you know, you have... Games, I mean, it because it, it's like a Guardians of the galaxy's accessibility menu mm. where it's just like each individual like thing is is a switch or or a meter for like uh what's the enemy shield, what's the enemy health, yeah. how fast do your weapons overheat, how how many of this do you get? And I think if we're if we're sticking with the the Souls like thing, just because it's it's a it's a thing for it's an easy thing it's for easy a lot example. of people to latch on to. Yeah, uh, for me, it's like I I already make the conscious decision like. Ninety percent of the time when I play a Fromsoft Souls game, I don't I don't use items. I just I, I I enjoy hitting things with my sword. If I need to use the fire paper to make the sword catch on fire for the fire enemy, I'll do that. But I'll just do that until I get a fire sword or a spell that does that instead. I I, I make
0: there's no difficulty. This is option. why this goes back to that idea that we talked about earlier. of you need to make your player do extra things, or else they'll be like Brett. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but. That like players players like me, like they already make the conscious decision. I don't yep. wanna use the the stamina grass, so i just I just won't use it it's i it's for me it's it's an extraneous thing during the fight i for my normal playthrough, I won't do it that also leaves the possibility for me, oh okay, I will use more items this run or whatever i'll do I'll do the the ryan ranger build, and i'll 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 craft everything and i'll I'll live off the the fat of the land as they say uh but i I, I think having something like that, because like I said, players already do that. I already do that where I I don't use items. Oh, I I, I technically will make the game harder if I turn item drops from enemies down 50% or whatever. Like, that's a thing that you can do and it'll make the game harder and people will get less mad about it because, you know, it's not some blanket thing that like, I don't know what happens when I turn the game to hard. Is that going to make more enemies appear? Is it going to make them all have more health? Is it going to make me have less health? Am I going to do more or less damage? What is... Because like like the argument for a lot of games that have the one difficulty setting is like they're designed around that, and especially in Fromsoft's case, like that is where it works. So like yeah. those base numbers, that's what people don't want, you know, to be screwed around with. But if you add, like like you said, Ryan, like the the like different amounts of things that the player can get or do, like that's people already mod that in. I think that's a, that would be a welcome way to look at that. And I think if people were to think for yeah. for but a 10-second period when the difficulty discussion comes up, I think that's that's probably... <laughs> you know, the easy
0: solution for the people that are hyper-competitive is just have leaderboards per difficulty or something. If you really want to yeah, be so so competitive that you need to feel, hey, I beat the game on the intended difficulty, or hard mode, or just stick a leaderboard on there, because people Which... playing on easy probably don't care. <laughs> so yeah. I think it's Which fine. Which is
1: exactly what I was going to bring up with this difficulty discussion. Because A, I wanted to bring up the fact that, like, I think all four of us here are huge fans of, like, if, if you're going to have, like, um, customizable difficulty, have actual customizable difficulty. Like, mm-hmm. something, something that sticks out of my head is Last and of Us And please 2. have presets. Presets. presets but <laughs> something like Last of Us 2 has the most incredible accessibility menu you've ever seen. And one of them is a, like, more generous uh, dodge window. So, like you can have like the, like, uh, the, you have your, your like basic window or like the default window, but you can have that be much more generous in the options if that's something you want to change. And I think the best example of this, I don't know if anyone played Thief, the, uh, I think it's like 2014 the Dark Saga. Remake. No, the 2014 oh. Remake, which was oh. not a super well received game, but it has one of the coolest customizable like difficulty things that i've ever seen because they do everything item prices like how quickly enemies can spot you like uh how many like how many warnings you get when what if people like see that you're there like all these like really cool minute difficulty things that will really change the game and the cool part is for people who are like oh i'm gonna play this game on the hardest difficulty like whatever you get extra points on a leaderboard depending on how you set up your settings so if you Mm -hmm. have something if you have a specific difficulty setting at like the lowest you get the lowest amount of points but if you have it at the most difficult like option for that specific setting score you multiplier get more, you get more points for that leaderboard, yeah. and so you, it really shows off like yeah. i have everything set on max i'm top of the leaderboard. i'm using tilt controls that. which is which is <laughs> which <laughs> i God. haven't seen a lot of games use, but that is forza genius. does that yes that is how I, I uh how forza games work
3: <laughs> master chief collection also if you're doing the par time and par score runs or if you're doing a lasso run every every non-funny non-wacky skull that you add like has like a visible like score modifier that comes up on the screen like if you do what is it like uh is thunderbolt the one that makes the the higher ranked elites appear more often or whatever like like something like that that would actually matter in gameplay Mm -hmm. will give you like a 1.5 score bonus or whatever so if you're trying if you're oh i i can i i want to play this level but i want to Get the the par score really easily. Well, I'm just gonna turn Thunderbolt on, and that's the game's harder, but I get more score for it. So I get yeah. I, my numbers bigger than my friends. haha ha. There you go. Yeah, Average I think it's always a fun di- so.
1: number than my friends.
3: <laughs> Good see. <save. laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's see what else. What else do I have? I've got
1: a. I've got a bit of a hot button kind of. Uh, one here, if we want to get into that you know, How hot's discussion the book? here, open worlds. How Just do I leave? this? Open is world design. Design. Oh, this is its own topic.
2: You, how <laughs> long did you leave that one on the stove for, Wyatt? That's let me uh, that is, here's
1: is here's, a the a uh, here's the notes that I have for it. You know, I got a couple pages of notes. I'm here. gonna say
0: um, well, we're already pushing close to time, so I'm gonna push open world to its own episode probably next week. I, I agree.
3: Give me time to write a response. Oh my god, his <laughs> counter
2: thesis! Jesus this, Christ! It, feel it's free like, to expand
3: your notes in whatever way necessary. I, to I like, must be prepared for to, like, this. Cut like me seriously
1: issue. writing down notes, and then I look over at Brett, and he's like,
3: "It's yeah, yeah. It's 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 that one scene, in and, and like like the gif right. that everyone posts from Death Note where it's just like, <laughs> just I'm, I'm laying the
0: down carpet. the hammer now. This is gonna be next week's topic: is open yeah. worlds.
1: Which we've already talked about for a whole episode. (laughs) We we haven't talked
0: about open worlds in about a year. At least. It's time to revisit the topic. We're we're okay to talk about about them again. This time, uh, make sure. Here's Pandora's
2: box. Just 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 lift that up. up. I will say. For your arguments, make sure that uh, the opposing counsel has access to all the information that you're course, doing, that you yes. have. You know, any any evidence, make sure it's shared between both parties. Ryan's hey. the judge, I'm the court stenographer with, uh,
3: with a stutter.
0: Oh, sorry. Yeah, and I, I will not be unbiased. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I I can't wait to find out after all this time that we are all at the same middle ground and are just hey. different kinds <laughs> of rude
0: to each other. You, you know what my, uh, my job title is?
1: Uh, Mm -hmm. well then his job title and episode we'll we'll have a
0: conversation about this because i i got things to say
3: in in that case then i don't think any of us are turret segment designers (laughs) yeah but i would like i would like I, I, I've, I've, I don't work at a liquor store this whole time. I've been the turret segment <laughs> designer at Activision Blizzard. A liquor uh, store is actually the name of the game company he's working yes. in. <laughs> uh, I, I would like to shill for a moment for my favorite mission of one of my favorite games. And that is Black Cats in Call of Duty World at War. I thought the game was Black Cats and I was really confused. <laughs> No, I said mission in game, and then I stated in name order (laughs) mission and then game. You've been. Yeah, I
0: got confused because you said in game, (laughs) and I thought you meant in the game that you were about to say. Yeah.
3: (laughs) I see. However, you know, I feel like COD gets a really bad rep for its turret segments. And to be fair, I have not played anywhere near every COD game. However, I love me some World at War. That game rocks. They will never make another World War II game like it in the AAA scene because it is just so disgustingly brutal and bleak and horrid. But black hats, man! I mean, in the middle, in the middle of your first-person shooter game, how you know you've done you've done the 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 D-Day style amphibious vehicle invasion mission, you've done your sniper mission, you've done your stealth mission, you've done your your regular shoot shoot exploring caves, going through uh uh. uh fields and and tanks and stuff what more could you possibly do well how do you put planes in your cod game they don't really that's not you know what's on the ground exactly you have to hit all three of those and the way that you should do a plane in a cod game is just put put the player in one of the big ones that has a lot of guns on it yeah play play some like i don't even it's like it's not breakbeat, but it's just like like drum and bass in a World War II game. And just have someone scream at you while uh, the sound of zeros firing at you to just
1: just take the rear turret. Go, hurry, Sergeant. It's like I'm pressing right bumper
3: to go to the rear turret. Stop yelling at me. And it's just a full 15 minute mission of nothing but that. Just the same like pounding, pounding bass drum. Planes constantly coming at you. The turrets you're using are constantly being switched, but it's still a turret segment, because you're just sitting there, you're pointing your gun with infinite ammo, and you're just shooting at the things. I There's nothing wrong with this mission. It is a perfect mission, but it's a turret segment. So I guess automatically, from a lot of people's point of view, it should just be bad, because it's a turret okay. segment.
1: Well, and while we're on the topic of Call of Duty turret sections, one of another one that is very, uh, very famous in this series is the AC-130 gunship mission from... Um, modern warfare Mm -hmm. the old one not the new one yes the old one it's i I, i'm i don't think it's as like uh in terms of gameplay i don't think it's quite as interesting because you're just switching between three different guns and you're not running around the ship Mm -hmm. but thematically it's fascinating because of how brutal it is but also how detached everything is Mm -hmm. because i mean you are you are raining hellfire on these poor poor terrorists like they are like they're just i mean you can't quite see it but their their bodies are being ripped apart because these are like Mm -hmm. the highest caliber weapons ever but everyone in the plane is like super calm and it's like there's almost no sound whatsoever except for very distant explosions and it's so unsettling and it's so eerie because of just how detached everything is and so from a gameplay perspective it's not as interesting as you know black cats but I would say on a thematic level, it's like twelve out of ten, because there's yeah. just yeah. it's that, so fascinating.
3: That that exact kind of atmosphere of just showing off not the not the the awesome patrioticness of definitely real life warfare, but the brutality and utter bleakness and horrible, horrible human nature in real-life warfare is what like that era of COD is good for. Like that's what they were trying. That's it might not seem like it from the way that people talked about it, but when you play it, especially like like me now as an adult, like playing World at War and Modern Warfare, like yeah, this is this is like this for a reason. This is like I I, that's I that's guess like it. when I'm. Yeah, I guess when I'm 10, I think it's awesome, but now it's like, oh my god, this is horrible, the things that I'm doing to these
1: people. There's a a reason you don't get characters like Reznov in modern Call of Duty. Mm -hmm. It's because the mentality is just completely different now. Yep, exactly. Everything changed with Modern Warfare (laughs) 2. Now, uh... Everything changed.
0: All right. I I do want to, while we're on the, the topic of turret segments and things like them... I want to break up a little segment in Final Fantasy VII remake. Oh god. We're right towards the start. You get on a motorcycle and you have a rock and fight on the back of a motorcycle going down oh, the thing. Yes. I know why I didn't like this segment.
1: I didn't like and the second I like. one. <laughs> I didn't like the second one. The second one was way too long. And like the, See, the like late half of it.
0: Filtered. The game. I hard disagree. <laughs> I I think
1: you were there when i i was i know i was there and and i I was losing my mind
0: you were also missing a lot of button prompts (laughs) pretty wrong (laughs) running into the side of it and things um yeah i think this was great i i'm a big fan of these little goofy segments where you're on a a motorcycle or something similar every platinum game basically does this uh most of the yakuza games have very similar things happen and I love these segments, even if they're very janky, even if they're very poorly implemented, because it's a really good variation, and they generally only happen once or twice. And I think them only happening that little bit of time makes it really fun to just have a distraction from the normal gameplay for a little while. I just love, I love having these weird little mechanical things where it's like you can tell they they went, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we had a fight on a motorcycle, and someone went, hell yeah, and so they made a fight on a fight on a motorcycle.
1: Yeah, I, I love that.
0: I love that for them. <laughs> i think they're just goofy fun
1: it's like i want to fight on a motorcycle okay (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay
0: and i do agree that they are often poorly balanced not super well executed and can be a little bit or very 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 long it's not that long (laughs) it's really not (laughs) this game is like 70 hours long before
3: so, um, I think you probably played the darts minigame for longer than you played the motorcycle <laughs> race section No, this,
1: the second one, like where you're escaping the, the whatever headquarter building, whatever, it was so long. <laughs> it was so long. It was that
3: long. Why? It's it's like it's like maybe just over twenty minutes, including cutscenes.
0: Which there are like ten minutes of
3: <laughs> which
1: there's yes.
0: I yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of these segments. i I think
1: Don't you diss my Dart minigame?
0: I think it's important. <laughs> it's <the first laughs>
1: singles out. If you're gonna be playing
0: them for more than like 30 minutes over the course of like a 20 hour game, you you need to start putting a little bit more care into them. Mm-hmm. But if I want to do it once at the start of a platinum game and I'm gonna get a cool segment where I'm a police officer on a motorcycle with a JoJo stand, then yeah, I wanna I wanna play that. I don't care if it's a little janky. I think as long as the the presentation is there, which I think is the most important part of these. You're good. I, I think you're golden. As long as I can suplex the train. <laughs> and
1: and yeah. to be clear, I, I did have fun with the first one because I didn't think it overstayed its welcome. I just thought the second one did. But for what it's there, it's a lot of fun. I just, it got old very
0: quickly. And I love that opinion for you.
1: <laughs> oh my god. <laughs>
0: brutal
2: <laughs>
0: i sincerely hope there is an airship flying
1: minigame
0: that's mandatory I hope, and you have to do it every time
1: and Ryan, I let hope me just say from the bottom will... of my heart i love how much of a passive aggressive asshole <laughs> you're being right now it's so great i'm so happy for you i'm so I so glad finally
3: when you finally boot up for spoken, you bastard, I hope it starts on a forty-five minute motorcycle race segment before you get into the Isekai fantasy world. Oh, that is my that is my oh, hex upon oh, ye. Oh god,
2: wait, wait. Brett, you mean you hope it starts like the Tron remake movie?
3: Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess. It would be a pretty Yo, good start, though. But That'd I like fun. that movie. So. Trod
1: Legacy is awesome. I don't know what you're talking about. That
3: that's that the best awesome. music video ever. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. It's well, true. that's it. We, we've done the show. We've arrived at the end. This is when it happens, when we go too far off the rails, which is topical, because we're talking about rail segments.
1: Hey! Yeah, true. <laughs> wow. Yep. Oh, man
0: oh it's it's the time for shout outs it's the time to end the show we're gonna be back next week with our open world throwdown. at this point that, that's what this seems like it's gonna be challenge has been issued truly ready for this to become an unmitigated disaster
2: <laughs> oh god
3: it will be
0: <laughs> i i'm oh, ready for brett god. and wyatt to begin to create a permanent rift <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh a- no! Oh, yeah. no. Yet, yet another one. <laughs>
3: oh no! Mark has been made. Yep. Mark
0: has been Brett, made. no matter right. what
1: happens, I love you very much. I want you to know of that. Course. Of course. And I love
0: that that for you, Wyatt. <laughs> 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 That's the end uh, of the show. It's shout out time. Who has something ready and I ready to one. go?
1: I got one. Um, I don't wanna shout out the boys. I wanna shout out the experience of Ryan and I watching <laughs> the boys. Which is a which is a different thing. So Ryan and I, we've been we've been we're a little behind on the boys season three. We're catching up. I think the whole season is. Yeah,
0: up. we decided to watch Star Wars Rebels instead, which is definitely the right idea. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> really
1: get us prepared for for the tone of the boys. God. Yep. Um so okay, again, I don't wanna Listen, The Boys Season 3, I'm liking it so far. I, I, think it's, I think it's a good show. I think it's a good season of TV so far. But,
0: and no spoilers, don't worry. Uh,
1: no, no no spoilers. Um, but there, are, there have been so many moments during this season where Ryan and I are speechless. And we, we don't know what we're watching. I have never in my life watched a TV show, movie, whatever, where I actually gagged like dry heaved before. And oh. The Boys now takes that title as the first of anything, any visual media that has made me almost throw up.
0: It is more gory than any slasher movie that I've ever seen.
1: But it wasn't even the He's... gore that made me throw up. It not even the gore that got us. It was a very us. specific thing. And I'm not going to say what it is, but it was stomach churning. It was is the most season... disgusting thing.
2: Is season three the one where it was reported that they ran yes. out of fake blood? Yes. Yep.
1: And within within 10 minutes of the first episode you wonder if that's the scene they're talking about and then it just gets worse from there <laughs> oh my it keeps god going.
0: it's a good time but man it's a lot
1: there, there have been a couple times where ryan and i are like i think they we've had
0: to pause and like time. wait a minute a few times i
1: need i
2: need yeah. to watch season two
0: um all right oh i'll take this next <laughs> Hey, I remember just a little while ago. I, w- I was shouting out the fact that there was a, a little trademarking of Warriors of Orochi 3 Ultimate Definitive Edition and that we might get a definitive version of the best Warriors game. And then they just dropped it on Steam last week <laughs> <laughs> with no fanfare. It's not full price astoundingly for Koei Tecmo. It's it's a $40 release with all the all the DLC from the consoles aside from like a few miscellaneous things that probably had licensing issues, but it's like the best version of this game and is nice. cheap on Steam and I've been having a blast playing it now that I have access to all the overpriced DLC from the other console versions without having to pay more money for that, which is great. So Good. it's it's great to play the best Warriors game, which came out twelve years ago at this point, I think. Wow.
3: <laughs> Who's next? Oh, man. Uh, I'll
2: on. I'll, I'll go out. so that this doesn't end the podcast in a weird way. I, I guess with one of the with one of, with one of my with one what, of you, you know, never
1: <laughs> with with one of those
2: Alex's funkalicious quotes bits. Yep. Um Never say
1: funkalicious I... again.
2: <laughs> what? That, that's
3: <laughs> funkalicious for you.
2: <laughs> I'm so... Um. So, uh, <laughs> so... <laughs> I hate that.
0: <laughs> Bro, I hate that for you. <laughs> god damn.
2: Oh god. So the um, uh, this this is both to a, a saying that I have had the pleasure and misfortune of seeing, and also to someone's Destiny username that I ran in today. Um, uh, the term for headshotting someone being free lead facials.
3: Oh, <laughs> that's. pretty I'm good. really glad
0: you chose to not end the episode. I am also glad that you chose
3: to not end the episode on that. Yes. that, episode on that. Okay. <laughs> um, Nice shout-out is to a very small YouTube channel uh, by the name of Tenth Capo, like the capo you put on a guitar. All the videos that they post are just anime opening quizzes. So if you want want to to just watch like a 20-minute video of five seconds of some random anime music playing, and then you have to guess it, within that period of time and then the show comes up and you get to be like oh I got it or oh I don't know what the hell that is good what I use this for is I watch it and I go I've never heard of that that looks friggin awesome and then I put it on my yeah. list and I've, had, I've added so many shows I will never watch to my list thanks to 10th Cable so thanks <laughs> so to 10th Cable please keep making videos so I can add more shows that I never will ever watch that I will go that looks <laughs> cool I know about that now good job nice.
0: well as always it's the end of the show uh, Tuesday morning 7 AM Eastern Time on the podcast platform of your choice that's us for the week we'll see you next week and have probably some carnage we might run out of our fake blood budget we don't know yet we'll see how big is our there. fake blood budget oh zero it's just gonna be
1: spent <laughs> on Brett and I it's, it's you guys gonna, gonna, gonna be real be blood <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: I hope you're ready to get bladed. <laughs>
3: Yeah, my 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 forehead's been exposed the whole time. Don't you, you worry. And just special like, extra
0: ending this... just for Alex for what he did to us. <laughs>